Hello, my name is Eva, and I love to read, especially this novella, Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption by Stephen King. Many people will know this story by way of that splendid 1994 film adaptation starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, a film that enjoys perpetual popularity with critics and audience alike. I, for one, see this film around once a year. This novella first appeared in Different Seasons, a collection of four Stephen King short stories published in 1982. The stories in this collection deal with tragedy, mystery, and the bizarre, but lean towards the dramatic rather than horror for which Stephen King is perhaps more generally known for. Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption is written in the first-person narrative by Red, a convict for life at Shawshank Prison. The novella tells the story of Andy Dufresne, a New England lawyer who in 1947 is convicted of the murder of his wife and her lover despite proclaiming his innocence. Dufresne receives a double life sentence and is sent to Shawshank Prison, where he meets Red shortly after his arrival. The story then follows these two men and their fellow inmates through 30 years of small joys and devastating tragedies, through moments of hope and nights of despair. This is a story which coils its way in and out of the main character's memories and present thoughts, with Stephen King's precise, effective dialogue as the reader's guide through scenes of wanton cruelty and quiet kindness. While some stories are known for their great opening lines, this is a story acclaimed for its closing sequence, one which is optimistic yet still in the wind. Stephen King, in those last dramatic pages, so brilliantly portrays that emotion which we all have experienced at some point in our life. That anticipation, that cannot wait, that hope for what tomorrow brings. Stephen King's writing shares, in my opinion, a particular similarity with the work of such creators as Steven Spielberg and Dean Koontz, in that all three are adept at portraying ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. I have previously explored this in an earlier book review of one of my favorite Dean Kuhn's works. You might like to listen to that podcast episode too. But what I especially note about Ritter Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption is the relatability and not least likability of Red and Andy Dufresne. What I am especially drawn to in this story is that the main characters are not bestowed with only one singular trait, which then defines their relations and existence. Red, for example, is a criminal, yes. In fact, he freely admits this. 
yet he is also curious about knowledge, he is creative and contemplative. Andy Dufresne is a loner, and that trait alone could easily have marked his whole existence. We have, after all, seen plenty of films and books where that notion of being a loner is the whole point of the character. But here, Andy Dufresne is also given space and words to be kind, to be philosophical, and most importantly, he is that compelling mix of solitude and connectivity which allows Andrew Dufresne to remain a mystery throughout the story. Yet at the same time, Stephen King uses this particular character as the custodian of hope. Andy Dufresne is the depository of hope for so many characters, not least Red. This short story is often remarked on for its depiction of steadfast hope against the cement wall of institutional bureaucracy, of the individual overcoming institutional injustice, and all that is there aplenty. I want to touch upon a related theme in this story, namely the theme of who am I, who are we? The story asks us to contemplate what makes a person that person. How do we connect what we know about ourselves with who we once were, with what we are now, and what we will become? There is debate in the story about becoming institutionalized. It is claimed that that will take away a person's independence. However, Holding on too tightly to the image of who you once were is also cautioned against, for that too will lead a person to lose themselves. So one of the things I really like about this story is that no definitive answer is given. Numerous answers are told, but we as readers are encouraged to reflect upon it and decide for ourselves or decide to side with Andy Dufresne, with Red, or with someone else. For Andy Dufresne, it is of existential importance to protect and nurture a core part of oneself, something that no institution, no hardship, and no amount of beatings can erase from one's personality. It is why, for example, he plays a piece of music for his fellow inmates, even though it costs him days in solitary confinement, because that fleeting moment of beauty which they all experience as they hear the music, that is what makes them human, according to Andy Dufresne, and it is worth celebrating and keeping alive. Now, it is read, the narrator, who describes the scene for us, but it is the action of it which tells us, us readers, why Andy Dufresne becomes that depository of hope for the others. And it is in this literary method of show, not tell, that Stephen King absolutely excels. 
And I believe it is the reason why this story in particular and King's work in general can be read numerous times and still evoke strong emotions. There are vivid descriptions of how the inmates eat, sleep, and work. They are isolated at night in those hours where they are at their most vulnerable. Yet this story is far from just being the story of the loner who makes it. This is not a telling which emphasizes that every man is an island theme. On the contrary, while the story does acknowledge how each man bears their sorrows alone, it is at its heart a story about all the ways in which we connect, try to connect, want to connect. It is an exploration into how some perceive connection as only coming through power and force, such as the brutal gang Andy Dufresne meets in the beginning. But it is also the story of how others will laugh, will walk, will crawl through muck in order to connect. It is a story of me and we. This is a very short read and easily read anywhere. But though it is so easily digested, it will leave you contemplating how would you fare if you were thrown into the same confined life as Red and Andy Dufresne? What would be the consequences to your personality if you were met with injustice? These questions come about because of the immersive world-building that Stephen King embarks on from the very first page. World-building is a term often used about fantasy fiction, but here Stephen King has realized a stark but realistic world behind four thick walls, and we as readers are let in through the same gates that keep the characters from getting out. So, for this micro-world, these fully realized characters, and the exciting and compelling story, for this is just a great, great story, I would definitely say that Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption is a truly splendid novella. I hope you liked this episode. Until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.